us in New Jersey. I was like, what the heck happened to the union overnight? So we must admit that these are some trying times. I mean, I had to go figure out if the president said he's going to quarantine three states. I'm like, that's the United States declaring war on three states. <laughs> like, is the union done? What happened here? I mean, it was just a crazy thing. Can you imagine something like that? I mean, I was, I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Throwback. Is this throwback to the Civil War? <laughs> What's going on here? You mean a virus called the United States to declare war on three states? <laughs> so these are indeed trying times in the city of Detroit, uh, a famous venue that is, has been used for so many years for cultural events. is now going to be converted into a hospital to accept overflow coronavirus patients. Detroit is shut down. Don't even try they're not going to let you in because now they're going to use it, that venue as a hospital, which means also that for the first time in about 25 years, the North American International Auto Show has been canceled for this year. Maybe postponed to October. Mm, I don't know if I'm going to go to that venue, knowing that it had, was a hospital in the fall, knowing that it was a hospital for coronavirus patients. I don't know about that. But we can all say despite everything else, these are indeed trying times. So what do we do during these trying times? What what, what kind of resources exist? It's covering the news media. I, I took a time out. Yesterday was Saturday. I had to take a time out from Friday community in our city, in our state, and in our country. And then you look further and you're like, well, the news isn't good anyway. So take time out and shut down and make sure that you take care of your mental health because this will bother you. This will set you into feeling less optimistic. This will make you feel as if the sky is falling, the sky is coming in on me, the sky is falling, there's no hope. Oh, my God, oh, my God, everything is just going crazy. So shut it down, right? If you must go to Twitter, just scroll. If it's becoming too disturbing, ignore I had to shut down my Facebook page after Friday morning because the RIPs were just too much on my face. Hope you're practicing safe social distancing while you are not being alone. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what that means, right? But it's not good for you to isolate yourself. The Bible also says in Proverbs that a man isolates himself to the peril of, of his of wise judgment, of wise counsel. That means you sit down and you isolate yourself and you start thinking the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is so falling. And you don't listen to wise counsel. You don't listen to that will encourage you and uplift you. And you sit there absorbing to your peril what is bad. And I say all of that to say that it's the times like these that we discover that wellspring within us, that we discover what is in us and what to take dinner and go shopping and go crazy I can actually find time for an hour on a Sunday morning to get my family together, put them in a car, and drive them to a church service. Maybe it's time for us to get back to the faith. Maybe we need something bigger than ourselves. So often what we look to is government. And we look to the government to solve all our problems, the government to have all the answers to what we are going through. Because we are so blessed, this generation, and we are so blessed live in a world where we don't have to worry about world wars. We don't have to worry about famine and the ravages of droughts and floods that wipe out crops and reduce our sustenance. We don't have those issues. We live in a world where everything 
everything is programmed. People are still hoarding, right? But we can feed our people and provide for people. We have meat, we have chicken, we have fish, we have lobster, we have shrimp, we have pasta. We can feed our people, make it right here. We don't have to import anything. Recently, the Canadian Prime Minister is announcing that he was closing his country's borders, but not to the U.S. Cause some uproar in his own country. Because people were like, well, we don't want Americans bringing their virus coming over here. And the Prime Minister said, are you kidding me? 75% of our groceries come from America. I can't shut the borders down because that's where our groceries come from. But when you think about that, it was like Montana, Nebraska, Idaho, you know, someplace, Florida, Texas. Nevada, I don't know if I make it because we're gambling out in Nevada, but that's for another story for another day. Right? But just think about how blessed we are. So, as a generation, what we're doing right now is recalibrating, reassessing to determine what our next steps are. Maybe we were moving too fast. Maybe as a postmodern society, we had evolved so fast that we completely forgot the basics of what life should be. And here we find ourselves this morning wondering, what have we missed? What is it that we find ourselves going through? We find ourselves on the cusp of something that our generation has never dealt with before. This is our challenge. This is what we are confronted with. And as leaders, civic leaders, political leaders, leaders across the spectrum grapple with the harsh realities that confront them, and there will be some this week harsh decisions that they have to make, healthcare workers on the front line, making decisions about who will live and who will die. So life and death, you find, is not in your hands, but is in the hands of a doctor, in the hands of a surgeon, in the hands of a nurse practitioner, a nursing supervisor, who are determining if you live or you die, if you're over 50. And I tell you, my friends, this week, we're going to need to know where our safety is. Our safety is not going to be the federal government. Our safety is not going to be the state government. Our safety is not going to be the mayor, nor the county executive, nor the police chief. And we pray for those who are unwell. Right now in the city of Detroit, our police chief has tested positive for the coronavirus. Imagine that. Half of it, one-fifth of the Detroit Police Department is quarantined. There are over 39 officers who have the virus. That is trying in these very trying times. That is what you call trying. A decision like the police chief showing up at an emergency room with the coronavirus is not something any of us is trying for you, as it is for them. Is there any hope for them to live because they can't see you? They don't have time to give any last words. They don't have time to say, tell my kids I love them, tell my wife, tell my husband, tell my family and my friends that I love them. They don't have time to say anything. They are dying alone. These are indeed trying times. And when you look upon these things, we have to look up. We have to continue to look up and to ask these questions. And I know many of us are saying, well, where is God? And why did this happen? Well, sometimes crisis brings out our faith. Maybe you've never had a crisis. What you thought was a crisis was a real crisis. What you thought was a big deal when you were at work, couldn't find a job, you thought that was a crisis. Now you're in the fight for our lives. We're literally in a race against time. We're literally in the fight for our lives. It's a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. 
I feel like we need to say a prayer for our friends in New York. I feel like we need to say a prayer for folks in nursing homes. We probably are going to see some serious things this weekend, this week, this weekend. We're probably going to see by the end of the week, at the end of the week, we're going to see some serious damage done in New York as a result of this virus. Pray for our brothers and sisters, our friends who have relatives in nursing homes. We plead the blood of Jesus over them in the name of Jesus. Cover Proverbs 31 woman and all that stuff. But the most important thing that Proverbs chapter 18 teaches us is that none but the Lord can be our protection. Especially during these times. In fact, this verse tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong power. And those who run to it are safe. And I just want to say, I don't know who this is for. But maybe we haven't held on to God the way we should have. Maybe we haven't held on or haven't felt the need to be part of the ministry. We didn't feel encouraged to go to church. God only knows. We have terrific schedules. We're so busy. We don't have time for this. I want to say come and watch football. Or I want to say come and watch baseball. Or basketball. Or I'm going to play golf this morning. I was going to meet someone at the country club. We're going to go have drinks at the country club. We were just too distracted. Too many things going on. We never knew that we had to have a day and time when we separated ourselves and take one hour out of the day, once a week, to just go into the house of the Lord and say, Lord God, I just thank you for this week. I pray that you keep us through the next week. Just keep us through the week. We never knew the Lord as safety. And I tell you, after this, there's going to be such a testimony where people are literally going to call on the name of the Lord and they're going to watch and see a thousand fall at their right hand and ten thousand at their right hand. It shall not come. No, Richard the, the Great lives. And the Crusader, did we really know that? So you can say what is written in history is fabled. Do we, did any of us ever meet Christopher Columbus? Have we met Ponce de Leon? Have we? No, no. So we don't know if it really happened. So you can say the same of history in much the same way as people work so erratically to explain the Bible. But as fervently as you work to declare the Bible, I have found that in your fervor to prove that it doesn't exist, you find a conviction because you must say after the end of it, the name of the Lord is truly a strong tower. If you have never been in a space where you have needed God, maybe this is the challenge. Just yesterday I read on CNN that... Uh, Wealthy New Yorkers are fleeing Manhattan. So maybe you can all buy a skyscraper in Manhattan or an apartment in Manhattan. Maybe it's going for cheap. No, I don't know. Right now, the real estate prices of condos in Manhattan. But wealthy New Yorkers are fleeing Manhattan to go to their vacation homes in the Poconos or in the Hamptons or the Crosskills or Florida, Arizona. Imagine that. They're fleeing Manhattan. Just think about that. These are the titans of industry. The people who felt like, man, you could not do anything. I, I run the. These are the titans. These are the people for whom the ticket tape parade on, 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 on New York Stock Exchange means something. And these are the folks who are fleeing. So much of the governor of Florida said, we don't want you all down here. Stay there with your virus. Go come down here to pollute our city. And I said to myself, when I did, so when they branded religion like that, and when they branded Christianity like that, guess what? All of us fled. We're like, we don't want to be poor. We're not going to claim anything that is poor. We don't want to claim anything that is negative. So we fled from it because people were like, all you need is money. But check it out. 
know, what's your money doing for you? You see all these people who are saying they're famous and so on, and they are just they, they have the virus. How did their money stop them from getting the virus? So you have to. You, this is what I've been saying for years now that in addition to having money that provides you with the comforts of modern life, you still need faith in God. Discussion about my life. And we were told, no, don't get morbid or anything like that. We were just talking about the seasons of my life. And we were talking about how my, the abuse, the intense abuse in my marriage lasted for three years. And I told her that it shocked me afterwards. When I wrote my book, Through the Fire, it shocked me to realize that it was only three years. But at the time when I was going through it, it felt like an eternity. It felt like it couldn't end, like it would not end. But you know what I discovered through those three years? The name of the Lord. I never knew God. I never knew God like that. Now, you got to understand that I grew up in a Christian family. My family owned a church. You all know what that means. On Sunday mornings, my grandmother used to dress us up and put us on the front row in front of her. I mean, we couldn't eat candy. We couldn't eat, you know, the candy wrappers and stuff. You're in church all day and you're hungry. And you can't even eat a candy wrapper that would slap you. Oh, I grew up saying, man, as soon as I get, I won't have anything. And then they sent me to a Catholic high school. So we had to be indoctrinated. I'm talking about that, like in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a bad thing. Because I find that my daughter reminds me that when I'm driving and I run into a, a problem, you know, I come up with the prayers, right? Oh, Jesus, through the immaculate heart of me, I offer you my prayers, joys, words, and of this in a good state. No, I can make it out of here. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we're going to be saved. Because the way they're talking about this thing just increasing and increasing, and every day it just gets more and more so they can't put the number to it anymore because it's alarming to the public. The public are just going to slap over their minds. So think about this. If a bunch of folks in New York have fled Manhattan, can you imagine how poor people feel? Can you imagine how people feel who live in Queens and in the boroughs of New York City and can't go anywhere? It's the same thing happening in Detroit. How do you think the people who live in Detroit and in the epicenters of this thing and all the other people who can't fly up north, gone to their cabins up north, trying to run away from the virus? That's a funny feeling. It's going to reach them right where they are too. You can't run away from it if it is supposed to come against you. If you don't have the right protection, I'm not apologizing for saying it, but we are going to have the testimony to say that the name of the Lord is our strong buy milk and eggs because we run out of the milk and eggs. Are you doubting us when you go out? You're strapped up. You have masks. You have gloves. You have garbage bag on. Probably it's pretty soon we're going to order hazmat. So come on now. Right? And you're praying, Lord, I'm going to go out. Lord Jesus, bring me back. Lord, bring my spouse back. Bring my husband back. Bring my children back. Bring my wife back. And we are praying that God will save us. But you're going to find that God is going to come and answer your prayers. So when this is all over, don't forget to go and tell somebody else that I did call out the name of the Lord. He became my safety. He became my strong tower. You know what a strong tower is? You ever been here a light two weeks ago? Now, I'm going to kid you. When I saw him post a picture, he was in New York. I was like, Rev, what's up? Like, seriously, what are you doing in New York? It's not good to be there. You said everybody around him told him not to go, but there he is. Well, at the same time that he said that, I realized that another friend of mine had come in contact with Reverend Sheffield. How do you think I felt? 
it's like the bottom of your stomach starts dropping. I text my friend and I'm like, hey, at this point, at this point, we all need to be aware that something is time to be on the fence. It's not time to be cute. It's not time to be pretty. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to believe God. It's either we're going to believe God that we're going to be saved or we're not. Make up in your mind. Yes, the Bible says a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side. But the word says it shall not come nigh thee. Believe upon that. Believe upon that. Believe God that he's going to save you, that he's going to save your family. He's going to save your kids. Don't worry about health. We have many, many houses. I'm one of those persons who that does not bother me. I'm not jacked up about a house. I'm not, as long as it has a roof that can cover me from the, from the rain, that's all I care about. I've lived in big houses. I've lived in nice houses. You think I worry about, you know what you're hearing? It's like a slow sound. You're hearing the name of the Lord, and it's making you search. You suddenly went and dusted off your Bible. You might have had it even in your attic. Your Bible thrown down somewhere. Go dust it off, pull it out, and start reading. Open it up and start reading. Because the name of the Lord is what we're going to be saved by. You can't even go to such a church building anymore. So now you realize it's not the church building that has saved you. So many of us got caught up in our affiliations to churches. In our affiliations, the famous pastors who we celebrated, they became celebrities. We celebrated them. We forgot that they're supposed to. We got to get back to work too because we got to get back to the business of collecting people's money so we can live. But in the meantime, until that happens, God has got our attention. Our attention should not be fixated on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News. Our attention is not fixated on the federal government. The federal government is not our supplier. God is our supply. We need to go back to that. God has kept us through his unchanging hand. We live in a blessed country. This is a blessed place to be. Let us go back to celebrating the God who created this. Let us go back to that. In Singapore, they don't have snow. Do they have snow down there in Indonesia? Do they have snow? But they're getting it. But this is not about it. This is about wherever it lands, wherever their germs are, wherever the germ is, that's where the virus is going. We need God. And so I encourage you to find your own communal time. What works for you? Carve that time out. Carve that time that is going to best fit with your schedule, that when life resumes at its frenetic pace, you can slow it down. Now we know emerging from this in love again with our spouses. Imagine that you were on the brink of divorce. You were going to leave. It was certainly better than being with him and being with her. All of a sudden now, you realize that's the best decision I could have made was marrying that man, was marrying that woman. All of a sudden now, for all of you guys, some of you guys who left good women, and you suddenly find yourselves in coronavirus, you have to practice social distancing. And you really want companionship, but you really don't want to touch anybody because it could be on their skin and you don't know who they touch. All the fears, all the worries, all the stresses, all the concerns. What is going to happen for the future? Think not about that. Focus on this right here between now and next Sunday. I need this word to keep my mind. Focus on that. And I'm going to pray with you because i got to go. They're wrapping me up. You can't see her, but she's busy. 
from whence cometh our help. We realize that we are running to you, Jesus. And we take comfort in your eternal words that remind us that you are our safety. You are our deliverer. You are our strong power. We run to you, Jesus. And even though the strong man of fear and the strong man of violence is raging through our streets, even the strong man of death, that is pervasive and running from house to house. Jesus, I pray a holy shield of protection around my friends. In the name of Jesus, around my home, around my family, around my friends, in the name of Jesus, that you will keep us, you will guard us, you will hold us together. All changes now. That compassion they face La 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 Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All 